The Pace Line is supported by LAL Cycling. Crafted in California, the LAL brand combines the latest technology with cycling tradition to deliver an experience that is authentically California. View their retail gear and custom program at LALcycling.com. That's E-L-I-E-L cycling.com. And the Pace Line is supported by Health IQ. You ride your bike, you stay in shape, you deserve lower life insurance rates. Head over to their website, healthiq.com forward slash paceline, and find out how much your riding can save you on premiums. Now on to the show. Oh. Hello, Paceliners. Hottie here, a little tired. You know, today's show, it's a real sleeper. The most awesome thing I can do for my training program would be to not just get a good night's sleep every night, but to take a nap during the day if I can. Which brings up the question, do either of you guys ever take naps? And organizing that next group ride. Now, there's an app for that. I get tired of like running into people on the trail and be like, hey, what's up? You should have called me. And they're like, you should have called me too. And (laughs) yeah, you're right. You know, and I figured this way, uh, you kind of, I I wanted to keep it as simple as possible. Eliminate a lot of the, the back and forth. Line, the podcast on two wheels. Welcome to show number 68. Patrick, Hottie, and Fatty, your hosts for the next 40 to 70 minutes. Where you, do you find <laughs> this show? You find it on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean, and most importantly, on iTunes. Patrick, Hottie, how are you guys? Just fine. Yeah, you've left a, you've left a huge window for us. 42 to 70 minutes, right? We've got there's whatever time we want in there, right? Obviously, this is Weirdly. not a network show. We're not uh, we're not trying to pull anything off with actual breaks or uh, meet somebody's demands here. No, no. Weirdly enough, we do tend to ramble from time to time. You know, speaking of iTunes, and a moment ago I was speaking of iTunes. We got a we got a review that I want you guys to hear. Uh, this was posted just a couple of days ago. It's this not going to take long for me to read it. No, no. This is another five star review. Oh, it's it's who it's who wrote it that I love. It's Sourpuss McGee. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. The name is Sourpuss McGee, and he wrote with his five star review. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Well, he's it's a sourpuss, good. right? So, oh, That's... I think. But it's five stars of pretty good. It it is. Um, I think that should be our our new uh, tagline, the pace line. It's pretty good. Oh, or I do like that. the the pace line, the podcast for when pretty good is good enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's on the back of our oh. t-shirt. That'll be on the back of our t-shirt. Or on the That's butt, the episode, guys. On the butt of our bibs when we do finally get bibs out. It's pretty. <laughs> we got to do that. We got to do that. Thanks, sourpuss. We appreciate it. And I want to talk about uh, one of the most important things is, according to my personal coach, Jonathan Vodders, as far as recovery goes. What do you think that is? What's the most important aspect of recovery? Stuffing Amphetamines? Your Stuffing your face. 
I, I boy, I, I'm with you in heart. Television. Uh, it, it, television, it's sleep, guys. Oh. Yeah, um, that is one of the things that uh, Jonathan Vodders and I have talked about, and he has uh, he has said several times that the most uh, the most awesome thing I can do for my training program would be to not just get a good night's sleep every night, but to take a nap mm. during the day if I can. Which brings up the question: Do either of you guys ever take naps? Um, on yes. occasion yeah it's it's generally a saturday or sunday and it's after just a stunningly hard ride and it's what i termed the enforced nap where i didn't really have any say in the matter it <laughs> just collapsed on the floor we call yeah. that passing out <laughs> yeah yeah that's another good one yeah mm-hmm. yeah my uh, new hours that 3 a.m wake up call uh, we talked about a couple episodes ago yeah that has forced me into nappy nap time at, uh, and again, forced naps. I'll just come home, flick on the TV, and ten minutes later, I'm I'm out. So, yep, naps yeah. happen. I wish I could. You know, a a nap would be awesome. But you know, I work, you know, normal business hours, and generally, um, would be noticed if I fell asleep <laughs> at my desk. Um, I I wonder, how about the regular sleep hours? Are you guys both getting? Good, solid, through-the-night sleep most nights? Yeah. Uh, seriously? Yeah, seriously. Now, you're an old man. I would have expected you to have to get up like three or four times a night to pee. Well, if I lived so at I altitude like you do, yes. <laughs> How about you, Hottie? No, I, I do not. Well, first of all, the weeknights are you know down to six and a half hours. And then mm. I have real problems uh, after hard rides or hard day in the saddle, long rides, uh, sleeping through the night. Uh, I do is, too. This past Saturday morning, I was up at two thirty in the morning and couldn't go back to sleep after a hard oh. day too. Yeah, I wonder why that is, but maybe because I have the exact same issue. If I have put in a tough night or a tough ride, a really long one, um, I find myself uh, for one thing the the ride will infect my dreams. I don't know if that. If the same thing happens to you, where basically you relive the ride? Oh no, never, never done that. No, 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 no absolutely. <laughs> well, that not. wakes me up when that happens, um, <laughs> and I have a rough time sleeping. But I, I, I sleep poorly in general. Maybe it's just you know the the side effects of a of a guilty conscience. But I, man, uh, well, naps, forget about it. I think there well, are actually there there are real solid reasons why you don't sleep, why any of us don't sleep. Now, diagnosing them can be uh, troublesome and hard to do, but your circadian rhythms, for instance, those get mm-hmm. disrupted. The circadian rhythms are the things that tell your body to shut down. They slow your metabolism down, lowers your body core temperature near the end of the day, and really says to you subconsciously, hey, it's time to go to sleep. When you go hard or train hard or ride hard, those rhythms get disrupted. You short-circuit them, and then suddenly, bam, you've been out. You've been riding hard, and your body core temperature doesn't drop. Your hunger is up, and your your body says, wait, wait, I'm not going to sleep now. There's business to take care of. So there's there's those reasons. There's hormonal reasons. Horm- I always struggle with that word. Sorry. Hormonal reasons. Why? Uh, and Patrick will be well aware of some of this stuff uh, vis-a-vis his his work on the flow state 
You've got adrenaline pumping, first of all, after a hard ride. Now, the good thing about adrenaline hmm. is, you, is it goes away quickly. Like 30 minutes after your ride, you're off your adrenaline. But uh, help me with this one, Patrick. Norepinephrine? Yeah, so norepinephrine. Okay, adrenaline properly is epinephrine. Norepinephrine is a sibling or a first cousin, something like that. It's a little bit different. It's also a stimulant. Uh, but it doesn't give you that fight or flight response that makes you all jittery, but it really does sharpen your focus. And it stays hmm. with you for a lot longer than adrenaline does. Yeah. Like up to 48 hours, you've got that stuff flowing through you after a hard ride or something exciting or something where you went, you were in flow state. So those are other reasons why somebody who rides or exercises or gets a rush out of things can have a hard time sleeping, even though physically they're drained, you're beat to a pulp, still your body's working like a, a madman, even well after the ride. Right. Wow. So one of the things about norepinephrine is you got to remember it's part of a reward system. So this is your body's adaptation, you know, from, you know, millions of generations of us. Uh, this is your body rewarding you for being good at something. Whereas uh, epinephrine, adrenaline, is simply an, a survival mechanism. It's simply meant to help you get out of a bad situation. Um, and so you don't need to be lingering on that longer than necessary, which is why our bodies have adapted in the ways that they have. Uh, some of the after effects of, of a flow state, yeah, can last for a couple of days. And it's that reminder, maybe I should go for another bike ride. You know, maybe I should go downhill skiing again. Uh, you know, something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Might explain the dreams. Why you're dreaming you know, about it, bike riding when you're not, you know, after a ride. <laughs> you know, it may well. So how do I fix it, right? How, I, I love to ride. I'm not going to stop doing that. But I also need a good night's sleep, not just for my sanity and lucidity, but for good recovery. Mm-hmm. So while I don't really understand the mechanism of it, I've been reading for years and years that poor sleep uh, is associated with hard workouts and especially with weight loss. Um, mm. And certainly I've, I've experienced both of those. If I'm in the midst of losing weight, my sleep's not quite as great. You know, I'll wake up hungry and, you know, I'll be restless during the night. And yeah, following like, say, following a bike race, uh, especially one where I was in pretty good form, your, your legs just hurt like hell all night long. And yeah, getting good sleep because your, your legs are trying to recover from that effort, uh, it's you know just difficult to be comfortable because of all the destruction to the muscle tissue you've done. So, I mean, these things are known. Um, a solution other than just the passage of a couple of days, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um. Some of the methods, that wasn't helpful. Yeah, some of the methods I've read about and, and tried. Well, first of all, a good cool down after a ride is good for a lot of reasons. But, mm-hmm. you know, it just helps you lower your heart rate properly, um, get your metabolism reset. Um, you go home, you're not panting and out of breath as soon as you jump on the bike. So there's a lot of good reasons to cool down. But cool down after your, after your ride. Flush your legs a little bit is always a good idea. And then cool off. Um, and that is... Go get in the shower and purposely try to bring your core temperature down. Don't jump into a cold shower because then you just shock yourself. 
But start off with a warm or hot shower and then slowly turn the water down. So you actually cool yourself down a little bit and lower your core temperature. You do this obviously before bed or if if bed is, is right after your your training session and your, your after work, your post workout shower, you'd want to try to hmm. just slowly cool the water down and see if you can't bring, you know, your core down a little bit. Recovery fuels, the obvious stuff, make sure you're getting a carb protein mix. Actually, Stacy Sims, I, I uh, exchanged notes with her, Dr. Sims. She was the woman behind Osmo and she's now with noon and has done a lot of study on hydration and so forth. She used to sell a, uh, a good night drink. Um, that yeah. Was basically tart cherry juice protein well it involved using tart cherry juice which is known to help with uh elevated cortisol levels which is another issue you're probably having cortisol you need um it helps deal with stress levels and it helps deal with a recovery but too much can be a bad thing and can keep you awake and cause issues so uh, tart cherry mm-hmm. juice uh, a mix of protein um she put a little cacao powder in there so some type of dark chocolate um, that type of mix, and there was ovalarian was the herb that was used. That little cocktail for some people, I tried it for a while, it didn't really seem to make much of a difference for me. Uh, that for some people can help them fall asleep, help release melatonin. And I got one other thing here, Fatty. You can always <laughs> pop a pill. <laughs> These were given to me by uh, GQ6. They're um, called their Recover Nighttime um, Supplements. Uh, basically, they have magnesium, calcium, which is good for uh, if you have, mu- especially if you have muscle spasms or what what Patrick was talking about, you know, those nighttime throbbing legs. That can help with that a little bit. So magnesium, calcium, and then their blend of L-glutamine, L-leucine. Those are both amino acids. Again, that help with recovery and melatonin. So it's a little melatonin in the pills, and those actually work for me. I, I pop those hmm. when I'm having trouble sleeping, and then and it's GQ six. Is the name of that? Interesting. Yep. You know, for a while I took uh, melatonin pills just straight up, and they left me feeling so groggy in the morning mm-hmm. that I uh, mm-hmm. I would rather suffer the suffer the consequences of poor sleep than a lot of sleep and feeling uh, really sluggish and you know, kind of useless. Kind of the Nyquil hangover. Yeah. Is Can you imagine how, taking how Ambien? I mean, I'm the same way as you. Melatonin turns me upside down. Um, But, you know, I've never taken Ambien. And I I can't... Yeah, and it's like, that stuff's way more powerful. No, Ambien's magic. Um, (laughs) I'm... Uh, I'm not so going to. was a bottle I'm of red to, wine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to uh, make this our, our first uh, pharmaceutical mid roll, but I am going to say that uh, I always do bring Ambien with me uh, for the night before a race. Uh, I take it, and it's long, and its half life is incredibly short. Uh, four hours after you've taken it, it has basically worked its way through your body, and I wake up having had a good night's sleep mm. and ready to race. It does not uh, leave me groggy or sluggish at all. Hmm. So, did Vodders have any? Suge- did Vodders have any suggestions? He said, "Get a better night's sleep," uh, um, but not no, how yeah. to get said better we, night. No, that yeah. that's a conversation that you know uh, he and I uh, he and I need to have another phone call sometime soon. I will make that our recorded conversation yeah. because I think there's 
the, the fact that all three of us have thought about this and have come at it from different angles, almost certainly uh, pros who, of course, like a lot of us, still get pre-race jitters and probably difficulty sleeping the night before a race uh, or any time. I bet he has some uh, some good practical uh, advice. Um, meanwhile, you know it would be an interesting experiment, but what if you took an Ambien and then climbed on your rollers and just <laughs> kept, you know, just went? Would your elevated heart rate and uh and so forth would that counteract the effect of ambient and you just have a really stoned workout or would you fall asleep and fall off i've heard that people who fight the effect of ambient and i i know two people who have done this who realize oh wait no i can't actually go to sleep yet and have already taken the ambient for going to sleep that the effect that you get as you're fighting off the sleepiness is not unlike an hallucinogen Hmm. You know that uh, famously Tom Brokaw exhibited the effects of fighting off Ambien, uh, which he accidentally took. And then ha- I think this was actually around uh, 2001, uh, you know, in the uh, in the aftermath of nine uh, of nine eleven, um, And or at least I think that's what it was. And he was up there saying the strangest things on television. So, yeah, I, I understand that uh, it it definitely uh, puts a part of your brain to sleep whether you stay on your feet or not. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, whether you're there or not, it, it, it isn't. Yeah. Huh. So I'll, I'll try that experiment and get back to you guys. Please. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I, I am not going to try that experiment. Make sure you log and- into Zwift first. Uh, you, you know what I'll do is I'll, I'll just make sure that I have the webcam on. That'll be some good video. I, I am not doing any of that. I want to be really clear. <laughs> that is not actually on the schedule. And I apologize for bringing this conversation in that direction after what was frankly a surprisingly informative and useful first conversation. Let's go to let's go to the real mid-roll, guys. And <laughs> after that, we're going to talk about a cool app for people who like group rides. It's called Rollout, and that's next on the pace line. about Health IQ and how they are helping people to source better rates on life insurance. Recently, they updated their site with new insurers and the ability to serve more people. They've got special rates for cyclists, of course, and runners and triathletes, but also vegans and other health-conscious people now. We've mentioned they have quizzes, and these aren't just for fun. If you score elite on a quiz for a specific lifestyle, that can earn you a further discount on your life insurance. They've also replaced BMI with waist-to-hip ratio, which is a far better predictor of cardiovascular disease when it comes to athletes. 
Additionally, they replaced the LDL to HDL ratio with triglyceride to HDL ratio for people on low carb or paleo diets because that's a better predictor of cholesterol health. Amazingly, they will not take into account one incidence in a family history if you are otherwise healthy. It's like a get out of jail card. In other words, if one person in your family has had cancer or diabetes, they won't ding you for it. Finally, they can also get better rates for those with runner's heart or hypertension. Check them out at healthiq.com slash paceline. The Paceline, the podcast on two wheels. We are in segment two, stage two. If uh, if this were a stage race, we would be on the second stage. And guys, I I have an interview that I want you to hear. It's with a a local pro racer, uh, Kevin Day. Um, possibly not super well known outside of the Utah circles, where he's very well known for being an extremely fast guy, of course but also being an extremely smart guy and savvy and extremely nice. He he actually puts on a cool race um, it, called the 5,000 Feet of Freedom um, every 4th of July. Uh, a lot of fun. He is sponsored by a local uh, clothing, cycling, cycling clothing company called Hyperthreads Endurance 360. Uh, energy products and criminally fine meats. That's right. They make artisan salami. Ooh, um, ooh. You'll see. You'll see him at the tour of Utah this year. Um, anyway, fantastic guy who had an idea. Most of us join or participate in group rides, setting those things up and where they're going to start, who's invited, when they're going to start. All of that can be a little bit of a logistical hassle. Not a nightmare, but certainly a hassle. And as a guy who does a lot of writing, Kevin had an idea. Let's go ahead and talk with him and see uh, what his solution is. Kevin, welcome to the Paceline. It's great to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me along. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I know you uh, for uh, through a few things. Uh, the most important as far as I am concerned is you are the sponsor of a tiny little event that has become one of my favorite traditions, and it's on Independence Day, and you call it the 5,000 Feet of Freedom. Um, yeah. a, tell, tell us a little bit about the 5,000 Feet of Freedom, and I will then give my impressions of it. <laughs> Well, this started a long time ago with me and a group of friends here uh, in our hometown. And we, the 4th of July was kind of one of the only days that all of us had off uh, or available. And so we got up really early and we all loved to ride this particular ride, but we never really got to do it together. So we just ended up doing it on the 4th of July mm -hmm. uh, that day. And it slowly, a, a few more people would come. Some people wouldn't here and there. And then I started, you know, just mass texting and emailing people for a while. And then I threw it out on Facebook the past couple of years and it's gained some pretty good popularity. And what this is, is a, and you can tell almost uh, pretty easily from the name of the event, <laughs> but it is a 5,000 foot climb up to a, an observatory 
on Francis Peak in it's it's a short it's a short ride. I mean, for twelve or for five thousand feet, it's like what twelve miles or something. And it's yeah. all, it, and it's it's essentially the world's shortest, steepest gravel grinder. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and I, I've done it for the last, I think, what three years or so, two or three years, mm-hmm. and I love yeah, it. Yeah, it, it it definitely reached celebrity status the first oh, yeah. time you showed up. So right. so yeah. famous. Um, <laughs> so I I think it's just awesome the way that you know kind of quirky stuff that is attached to you know a cool course it becomes mm-hmm. a big deal but the real reason we're talking today is because of a cool new app that you have just developed and released tell us a little bit about rollout yeah perfect uh, it's a uh, it's an app uh, that allows people to create and manage uh, your group workout or athletic activity meetup um, it allows users to create activities, set the details of the event, and invite friends or followers. Or if you wanted to make it a private event, you can you know, select friends to a specific group and invite them along. And uh, it kind of eliminates the mass text, the mass emails, the reply alls, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you you were smart enough to make it so that it is something that can be used for runners or for I guess you know powerlifters I guess yeah you know probably anyone who d- likes getting together to do anything. But of course, the name of the app is Rollout, which I think uh, underscores the fact that it is something that is kind of a perfect app for cyclists who either want to find someone to ride with or who you know who generally get together for group rides and put and want to avoid all of the logistic weirdness that goes with uh that goes with putting together a group ride on a frequent basis so exactly so yeah how um first of all where can people find that and is does that run just on iphones or is that on android too or or what so it is available on the iOS store uh, for iPhones mm. and iPad. But as we speak, I am uh, editing uh, various things for uh, Android. So oh, we cool. should be expecting the Android release very, very soon, which I'm really, really excited about because I, I understand that it's a platform that, you know, not all of my friends are iOS users. So they are kind of missing out on all my sweet adventures <laughs> <laughs> that's right you share with everyone possible exactly so, so what was you know i i like everyone uh had the hassle of putting together rides but it never occurred to me to put together an app for this so where what was the genesis of uh of rollout man this it's been a, a little project of mine for about five years or so i've been trying really? to work on it for that long just trying to just get it pushed out and i I get tired of like running into people on the trail and be like, Hey, what's up? You should have called me. And they're like, you should have called me too. And <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. You know? And I figured this way, uh, you kind of, I, I, I wanted to keep it as simple as possible, eliminate a lot of the, the back and forth and the commenting and the stuff like that. Although that is fun. Um, and you can get into involved in some, some pretty, uh, hilarious group texts about sure. various rides and who's bringing donuts and whatnot. But so there's not a whole lot of interaction on this app other than you can scroll through a feed um, and search geographically or search by activity uh, and look for <clears throat> people that are 
going out and, and, you know, doing some sort of outdoor activity and you can hook up with them and, and head out. And it, it's a great way, especially if you're traveling, I travel a lot for races mm-hmm. and there's some downtime between before and after races. And I'm like, ah, I'd like to go for a ride. I'm not sure quite where to ride. And I could pull up, roll out and see if there's any groups headed out in the area. Um, bike shops could use it for group rides. Race promoters can promote their races on it. It's totally free. Um, just another outlet for events and activities. You know, it occurs to me that rollout is the opposite of Strava. <laughs> just just realized that, that, you know, Strava is where you can check and see what your friends did. Rollout exactly. is a way for your friends to find out what you are going to do. Exactly, yeah. It's kind of the pre-Strava. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Hey, so um, it's free, you say. How are you going to make any money with this? Oh, you know, that's, of course I would love to make some money off of it. And I do have some, some monetization ideas that we're going to work maybe into it later. But at this point, it's, this is just a passion of mine that I want to, I want to get it out there. I want to see it, you know, successful. Mm-hmm. And I've spent a lot of money making it happen. And I'm willing to, you know, do that because I believe in it and I want to see it go forth. Um, and we'll see, you know, if it picks up and it works out, we'll start, you know, implementing some, you know, opt-in opportunities or pay ways for people to maybe promote their rollouts for, especially for race uh, promoters, you know, if they're looking to gain traction or attention for a specific event, um, the ways to kind of push, push those uh, a little bit more, at people or at a specific demographic. So I think the possibilities are there. Yeah. But right now it's just simple and smooth. So how do people find it? So you can go to rollout-app.com and uh, there's all the information about the app is there. Or you can just type in rollout on the iOS store and uh, find it. It's right there. Find it there. And uh, soon be able to find it on the Google Play Store, right? Google Play well. Store, exactly, yeah. Sweet. And uh, we'll definitely, we have a, a, I do a lot of Facebook updates. Um, there's an Instagram and a Twitter account, but uh, we get most of, the tra- most of the traction comes from Facebook. How do we find you, find you on Facebook? Um, I believe it's just, if you search Rollout app on Facebook, uh, you should be able to get us there. All right. So it's and free. We'll definitely make, yep, it's yep. free. Free and uh, a really easy, simple way for you and your writing buddies to avoid, or or, a really simple, easy way for you and your writing buddies to get together for a ride. Hey, Kevin, uh, I like it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for putting together a cool app that we can all use. And thanks for being on the Paceline. Man, my pleasure. So that's Kevin Day, who has created the app Rollout. Give it a try if you're into group rides. Um, It's a clever idea, simple and effective. Use it wherever you are. I've already downloaded it. I don't have any idea how to use it just yet because I don't think I know anybody on it. I did follow Kevin. He's K Day on there. But um, I I actually I I intend to try to press this into use with the locals here. And that's and that's really the whole thing. This this is a great app as long as there are other people who are using the app, right? So, you know, since uh, Kevin is a local guy and, you know, and and everyone who rides in this area knows him or knows of him, this app has already gained some traction. And so it's in, in the Utah area. 
it's doing pretty well. Um, I think that it is something that if other folks try in different areas, it's going to, it, you know, it, it's the kind of thing that once it gets a little bit of momentum, I think is going to really start rolling. Mm-hmm. So who knows? It may be the next Strava. You heard it here yeah. first on the pace line. Well, the beach signing up for Facebook pages and group me. I use group me. I mean, I don't know how many ride Facebook pages I, I am a member of or I follow. Just countless, you know. Be nice to have one thing. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, guys, uh, let's shift on over to the news. Specifically, let's talk about power meters. Yeah, power meters. Never get tired of talking about power meters. So let's do a power meter roll call. Who of us, among us, has a power meter? I do. The only power meter that (laughs) I have would be the one that is attached to, uh, you know, my uh, Wahoo kicker, you know, so my trainer will give me a power, uh, power readout. That's the only one I have. And I have a power tap. I have, I have a wheel uh, laced, with, laced with a power tap on it. Uh, unfortunately, it's 10-speed, mm-hmm. so it's not getting much use anymore. I just converted my last 10-speed road bike to 11-speed. So, um, But I have some experience with power. And I, you know, obviously the benefits, especially to people who are time-crunched, and these things can be lifesavers, right? I mean, you can just make the most out of every second with a power meter. Uh, the rub here is, though, uh, and what some researchers found is um, power meters may not be as accurate as we'd like to think. Uh, a group out of uh, Switzerland, some researchers, took a look at 54 power meters, including uh, 23 different models from nine manufacturers. SRM, PowerTap, Quark, Stages, Verve, power to max Garmin, Polar, and Rotor were in this test. They found that individual power meters deviated quite a bit, even when units came from the same manufacturer. The scientists in particular are concerned that six units deviated more than 5%. Now, the study was done this way. See if you follow this. It was done by the researchers uh, at the elite sports section of the Swiss Federal Institute of Sport. They work uh, closely with a national team there, and the whole thing was published in the International Journal of Sports. The test involved placing bicycles with power meters on them on a downward sloping treadmill. Now, a restraining force stopped the bicycles rolling forwards, and it was measured as riders pedaled at a range of known speeds. So essentially, I think what was going on here is you had a tilted, a downward tilting treadmill, and the bikes were not allowed to coast off of the downhill based on the treadmill cranking backwards and then the then the cyclist had to pedal at a certain speed and the power output it took to hold the bike in place was compared to the power output the cyclist was doing as they pedaled and those two numbers apparently did not match up very often quite a lot of deviation uh the scientists calculated the true power output from their own measured data as i just said and compared it with figures from those power meters the researchers say cyclists should get their, their own power meters calibrated as much as possible, whether that be by the factory or I know that my power tap has a little calibrate thing I can run every time. Um, so they make sure they're at least getting close to the power they're outputting. So does this change your mind at all about your power meter and about what you're looking at when you look down at that, that bicycle co- computer? Do you trust that number? You know, um, where to start with this? Okay, one, I will say that, yes, I was absolutely amazed that they found 
such wide variation between units from the same brand. That was a surprise. I thought they'd be more consistent than mm-hmm. that. But the thing that I've argued with several people from different uh, power measurement uh, companies, and basically I've I've not found anyone uh, except for one guy with Quark uh, who will really argue the point. You know, for the average user who's just getting acquainted with power meters, as long as what it represents is consistent. Say it's say it measures three um, percent low at all times. Okay, say it's it's off by three percent, but it's consistently at that level. It's really still very useful. It's if you're getting fluctuations in reading that it's most problematic. If one day it's off by one percent and you know another day it's off by three percent. Um, or if it's only off by 1% at the low end, but off, or, uh, off by 3% at the high end, those are things that, you know, you'll have a tough time uh, getting any sort of handle on what the work is you do, you're doing. But because this is such an immature market so far, and so few people are using power meters, you know, the big thing that needs to happen right now is just more people need to be using power meters. It'll change fundamentally how you view what your, uh, what your, uh, what your workouts are, you know, what, what an effort really is. Um, when I first started using one years ago, and it's funny that I should have three power meters and I'm the least disciplined rider among the three of us. Um, but when I first started using them some years back, what I realized was that rides I thought of as hard were frequently not all that hard because I was buried deep in the group and I would only make occasional hard efforts. You know, you'll teach yourself the meaning of what hard is when you start looking down and going, oh, I'm sitting inside the pack and I'm only producing 150 watts, you know, even though we're doing 28 miles an hour. It's like I'm not really working all that hard yet because of the amount of draft I'm getting. And so for many riders, there's just a huge benefit in terms of education of how often you really need to get to the front um, if, you're, if your primary training is doing group rides. If on the other hand, you're going out and doing specific interval workouts and really targeting your lactate threshold, then yeah, greater accuracy is really necessary because if you're off by 2%, um, that could mean that you're, you're going high on your lactate threshold work, you know, and you're actually doing too much work. But for most people, this is, we're still at a point in the market where people just need an education um, in, you know, what, what work really constitutes. Fatty, have you ever gone off that Wahoo kicker and gone, boy, that sure felt harder than it told me, or did you ever question the data that was being presented to you? I don't question the data that's being presented to me. I assume that the machine is giving me a good number. I am often surprised that uh, that the number is so high or so low. Um, That is, uh, for twenty years, I've gone by perceived effort, and you know, I think that I'm like I'm going at eighty percent, and then we'll, you know, now I have something that is saying. No, you know, you were closer to 70. And it just has something it has something to do with, you know, I'm tired that day. I I'm feeling good that day. And 
it gives you something essentially to measure perceived uh, perceived effort to essentially do a a second opinion on how you're doing. Um, and I've been able to use that information from time to time to push myself a little harder to say, you know what, I'm just being a baby. I can go harder. Mm-hmm. Um, or, uh, wow, I'm really going, I, I, you know, on, on the other hand, wow, I feel like I am just, you know, going, you know, fairly easy and I'm actually going pretty strong. I'm having a great day, you know? So as a, you know, basically a gut check feedback mechanism, I love it. Um, but man, they're expensive. So yeah. no, I don't have one on any of my, on my actual bikes. Yeah. I struggled with this research. I struggled with what they were trying to say. Were they trying to say that power meters are inaccurate or inconsistent? Because like you, Patrick, I believe the bigger sin is inconsistency. If you're mm-hmm. off by a little bit, if there is some actual mean out there as to what power is, as to what 200 watts really is, and my power meter is off by a couple percentage points on that number, I'm okay with that as long as every day it's off by the same amount. Yeah. So I'm fine with inaccuracy. It's inconsistency that's going to drive me up the wall when it comes to a power meter. Don't show me 180 one day and the next day I'm doing just the same effort and it's suddenly 190. That's no good. That teaches me nothing about where my fitness is. So to me, that's the bigger sin. Now, I guess the argument could be the inaccuracy argument could be made if a guy has different brands of power meters. If he has a stages on one bike and then he has a cork on another and well, to me that's just kooky, but you know, then you could be you could make that accuracy argument that it's important to be accurate a brand to brand. That's fair. Um, but inconsistency, yeah, that's, you know, okay, yeah, say you want to own a di- different brands, then you're, I guess you're hoping to see some sort of accuracy, some sort of, uh, some level of dependency from each brand. Consistency. Consistency. Right. Well, the consistency I want is just with my own meter, and I want it to be the same every day. That's, that's to me, the big deal with power meters. Yeah, and really... What if, you know, just, just to reiterate slightly, the, the big thing is, you know, for most people being off by a couple of percent really isn't going to affect you unless you're targeting specific heart rates, you know, down to the last beat. If you're trying to do a lactate threshold workout, you know, at, and making sure that you are, you know, hitting exactly 300 Watts, uh, because you're, you know, your lactate threshold is, you know, right there. And, you know, 300 and whatever, nine watts is, you know, a little much. Uh, Unless you're targeting with that level of precision, being off a little bit, not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yep. You can read all about it, though, in the, uh, what was that journal? The International Journal of Sports Medicine, where you can find this research. I will get right on that. Which, uh, actually, this power meter story brings up uh, a buddy of ours, doesn't it, Patrick? We've got a little news, I think, regarding a, a friend of ours in the power meter industry. Yeah, I, we we don't normally cover the comings and goings of, you know, people in the bike industry. But since this one hits a little closer to home, uh, you know, we just wanted to give a shout out to our friend Jim Miller, who's the new national sales director for Pioneer Cycle Sport. 
Um, this is the cycling subsidiary of the ginormous electronics uh, maker Pioneer, as in car and home stereos. Jim's now heading up the sales of their power meters. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is because he's uh, our former teammate, both Hottie and me, uh, were on Big Orange with Jim. I've done thousands and thousands of miles with this guy and uh, served on the board with him. And he moved away from the South Bay and went down to San Diego to work under Michael Marks when he took over as CEO of Spy. And uh, so dynamite guy, he's been looking for, you know, kind of the next big thing in his career in the bike industry. And this looks like just a tremendous step for him. I'm really psyched for him. Hey, Jim, score me some Pioneer speakers, too. I need some new six by nines for my car. Can you give me some? <laughs> I just want their cool old poster. Oh. The one where that guy's sitting in the Iconic, recliner yeah. and it. And oh. it's, he he's being blown, you know, like like he's been riding in a Porsche with his, you know, his hair blowing back and all of his furniture leaning uh, away from his speakers. I want one of those. I had one of those, Fatty, as a kid. I had that blown oh, up me too. And, and posted on my wall at home. I love that yeah. picture. <laughs> I'll bet that was incredibly common. We all love that poster. Yeah, it was do. the best poster. Except, for, I, I don't know, I, let's not say the best poster because... We all remember Farrah Fawcett. Now that's a poster I had. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, that's pretty uncommon, Patrick. There are very few people who have that poster. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your paceline pick, Patrick? Uh, The the Farrah Fawcett poster? (laughs) No. If it's not, tell us what is the Wow, I'm going first in paceline picks? Yes. Heck yeah. I think it's, your, it's the first time you ever have. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now that it's finally dry here, I've been getting back out on the trails in Annadale and some stuff out in West County here. And I've been riding um, some 29er wheels instead of the 27.5 plus that I was uh, on for a big chunk of last year. And the tire of choice lately has been the Continental X-King Protection. It's a really dynamite tire. Mm-hmm. It's a I've got the 2.4 uh, inch wide version, and um, it's got their you know black chili compound, so it's a pretty sticky tire. It's got some extra sidewall protection, which I need around here with all the rock that we have. And uh, unlike some tires, it was actually pretty easy to set up tubeless. It didn't take like mm-hmm. four different injections of sealant to to mm-hmm. finally get it to seal up. Um, and I've, I've yet to get uh, a, a flat out on the trail with it. Um, I've been really pleased with these. And they're, you know, for a 2.4 inch tire, it's surprisingly fast. So I've really been enjoying these things lately. I'm going to second the huzzah on that tire. I have, I believe, eight pair of that tire running on all of the mountain bikes in my household. So we we went all in with that thing. It is a good yeah. tire for just your general non-race day purpose. It's solid, lasts a good long time. I've been impressed with it. So uh, good call on the pace cool. line pick there. All right. I'm going to go ahead and go next. And my pace line pick is new bike day. In the last uh, two weeks, uh, both the Hammer, my wife, and I, have uh, got the new felt FR1 disc. Mm. 
set up with Zip 404 and SRAM Red, and we are digging them. Uh, this is my first disc road bike, guys, and I ain't never going back <laughs> that. Um, on it was Sunday was my first ride on this bike. Uh, we went 95 miles, around 9,000 feet of climbing for my first ride on this bike. And uh, obviously with that much climbing, I had that much descending too. And by the time I had done my second sweeping turn, I had the biggest silliest grin that you can imagine. Just felt confident and happy and relaxed and good. You know, tires at 70 PSI, carving away. Uh, discs that just, you know, just smooth and clean feeling. Oh man, just so happy. So, you know, across the board, this has a lot of new things for me, but um, the biggest uh, revelation, uh, road disc, um, you know, there's probably a lot of writers, a lot of listeners who still haven't tried them because, you know, they're still new. Uh, from a guy who is like you and has been riding for a long time and has had discs on lots of mountain bikes, it's amazing that I could be surprised by a tech change, but oh man, it is so nice. And the frame on the FR1, also a really nice uh, all-purpose bike. Just, you know, just yeah. happy with it. Ah, new new bikes are well, well, and you chose well. I mean, that's a seriously underrated frame. And, you know, it's funny, I'm the brake mm -hmm. thing, because, you know, like, calipers work it's not like we were in the situation we were with sure you know cantilevers and v-brakes where it's like dude there has got to be a better solution than this <laughs> you know and, and i think that's been the big reason for resistance from so many people but it's always so yeah. funny to hear people have the exact same reaction i had which was can it really be that big oh 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 never mind just i'll shut up now yeah as it turns out it really is that much nicer uh it is you, you well i i've already I, i've gushed enough that is my paceline pick new bikes and especially road disc oh so sweet hottie what do you got yes uh guys there are two smells in this world that i absolutely love coffee. leather <laughs> and coffee but we're gonna set coffee aside leather and rubber, as in the smell of new bike tires. Mm. Mm -hmm. When the yeah. aroma of leather hits my nose, I think baseball mitts, craftsmanships, craftsmanship, I should say, and Brooks, as in Brooks Saddles. A waft of rubber excites because I know a new bike is likely at the end of that scent, or at worst, a new set of tires. <laughs> well, good news, boys. I have found Nose Nirvana, and it is, and it is not far from home. There's a little shop up a popular canyon road not far from the hustle of Los Angeles that is doing a respectable, respectable bike business while also cranking out custom leather goods. It is called huh. Topanga Creek Outpost. Now, I first stopped there in that shop uh, several years ago. I needed a tube, a road tube. It took some scrounging to find one because uh, Topanga Creek is predominantly a mountain bike store. But they came up with one and then promptly invited me to join them on their Saturday shop ride. Just bring a mountain bike, I was told. I joined the group, found some new trails, found some new friends. After the ride, everyone helped open the shop. Then there was coffee and banana bread and a real communal feeling. The leader of the ride and the shop was and still is Chris Kelly. He has taken a unique approach to running his shop. 
he closes every Wednesday so staff and customers can take off on overnight rides called Unpredict Your Journey. He has jettisoned some brands from his shop floor because he's tired of seeing the same product on Amazon or other online retailers at prices he could not match. The shop has shifted from mainstream mountain biking to more adventure, outdoor riding, and gear. And now, Chris has added leather to the mix. He got the bug at Eurobike while visiting the Brooks booth. A rep said one of their dealers was putting custom stamps on the company's leather saddles. So Kelly went home, went to a leather supply uh, store, stocked up, and started working on his own creations. Wallets, belts, dog collars, leather valets, notebooks, and mason jar holders. Kelly is cranking out and selling so much of this stuff that he's had to uh, add staff just to keep up. And now he is in pursuit of an industrial sewing machine and leather dyeing equipment. The line of leather goods is called the Rogue Journeyman, and it's really nice stuff. Fatty, I could imagine you have a few Leadville uh, buckles laying around that might need some mounting. The sa- Close to 20 yeah. of them. The Saturday ride is still something I go on and occasion uh, hang out with those guys. But anytime I'm in the area of Topanga Creek Outposts, I love to just drop in, take a deep breath. You know, some say stop and smell the roses. I prefer a whiff of rubber and leather. My pace line pick, Topanga Creek Outpost and Rogue Journeyman Leather Goods. Very cool. Very cool. That's the place you took me uh, the last time I was staying with you, right? Yeah, we went on our little gravel ride and we stopped. I, I really wanted you to see that place because it, it's a unique shop. It's You can hardly tell it's there. It's almost on a blind corner, on a dangerous corner of Topanga Canyon. It's a house that he converted into a bike shop. Yeah. And uh, there's a kitchen and they make banana bread every Saturday. And he's, he's working on these leather goods. It's really cool. I can't wait to get back there again. That was a very cool place. Fantastic. So, Patrick, what is up on RKP? Or what's coming up on well, RKP? Well, uh, lately I've been doing a little bit about some kids' bikes, uh, talking about the Deuce learning to ride bikes and uh, about his progression as a cyclist. That's been... Um, kind of, kind of educational. Um, you know, I'm, I think because I've coached people and taught people all sorts of stuff and have in my own mind broken things down to a pretty granular, granular level. Um, I think I'm able to see little developments with him that I might not recognize otherwise, but, uh, there's a a piece up called delight, um, that, in which I talk about, you know, what I've been seeing in him and and how that development is going and what it sparks in him. Uh, I've also got a recent review of uh, some uh, Mavic carbon clinchers, the the Cerium uh, carbon clincher, and um, I've revisited the uh, waterproof sock thing with uh, a lighter pair hmm. of socks from Seal Skins that I used while I was in Japan, and um, uh, I'm. I'm almost, no, I'm not. I'm not ready for more rain. But if more rain were to happen, I have the socks for them. <laughs> All right. And I think we're going to make that the last word for this episode of The Pace Line. Thanks much to our listeners for listening. Once again, if you haven't, subscribe, rate us, review us, and all the places that you normally would. For Hottie, for Patrick, I'm Fatty. And you've been listening to The Pace Line. This is a phenomenal podcast, though. I, I feel... Like I've reached a new milestone in my life.